Hey everyone, it's time for another mini-sode, so grab a glass of something and unwind to our true crime tales. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome back for a mini-sode this week. We are glad you are here and um, are excited to be in your ear holes. Absolutely. As always, hope that you are uh, unwinding with maybe a nice glass of something. Um, I I am, am drinking a pineapple White Claw right now. Uh, I don't know, what what is your beverage of choice right now? I'm a classy girl and having Franja. Ah. (laughs) Um, Oh man, I haven't had Franja in forever. I mean, for me, wine, I mean, I like wine, but I'm not a wine snob. Like, honestly, a $30 bottle is going to taste the same to me as a $5 bottle. So I'm like, why not buy the $14? Fourteen dollar box that is like five bottles in one. <laughs> it's you're very much the uh, someone's got to drink it kind <laughs> of camp. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming back, everyone. We're glad you're here. And as Chris mentioned, hope you're winding down. Hoping your day has been well. And if it has been well, I hope it gets better. Right, and hopefully it starts right now with this episode. Yeah, so um, as mentioned, this is a mini-sode week, so cut the banter, let's get straight to it, and this week is my week, and Chris and our listeners, I have to ask you, do you know what a red room is? A red room? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the first thing that comes to mind is the red door, which is the, uh, the, uh, the health, the public health clinic in downtown here, but I don't think that has anything to do with it. No, public so, health in Minneapolis don't really tie into today's tale. Okay. But a red room. I don't know. It sounds a little ominous. Okay. Well, I'm excited that you don't know about it. Okay. Red rooms are something that I've known about for a while. Um, I've been very interested in. I've never visited one myself, and you will see why. But before we get into what a red room is, I think we need to discuss the dark web, which I think you are at least somewhat familiar with what the dark web is. Absolutely. It's that that shady corner of the internet where the, uh, the, the scariest transactions go down you know that's where you find hitmen and that's where you find um you know all sorts of you know nasty child trafficking and people stolen credit card numbers mm-hmm, exactly so <clears throat> you say it's the nastiest part of the internet but as you'll see it might not be the actual 
nastiest place. Okay, I, I will be pleasantly surprised if it's not. So before we get into Red Rooms, as mentioned, uh, we need to talk about the dark web and you're, you are well-versed in what the dark web is, but some of our listeners may not be. So for those that don't know, the dark web is a place on the internet that, as you mentioned, is filled with like all, t- all types of like horrible people and websites. And just a brief overview of the internet, the internet is actually made of three different layers. There's the surface web, which is what you and I are basically familiar with, the deep web, and then there's the dark web. The top layer, the surface web, are pages that show up using search engines such as Google, like the Sun website or like Kylie Jenner's age or Carly Rae Jepsen's new album, those type things. <laughs> Someone's got got something on the brain. <laughs> Maybe. Um, the deep web are web pages which search engines can't access and are also hidden. These pages are accessed via password and authorization. Anytime you log into an account, you're accessing the deep web content that won't show up on a search engine. So for example, um, work intranets, password protected areas of online banking and draft blog posts are all stored on the deep web. This means that if someone was to Google your name, your banking information or your Amazon wish list, it would not show up in the results. Then the third layer is the dark web, which is a network of untraceable online activity and websites on the internet. They cannot be found using search engines and to access them, you need to use specific software, configurations, or have authorization. There are use of lots of different people to keep their web activity hidden for nefarious purposes. So, for instance, if you wanted to, you know, move a bunch of money, like launder money, that would be mm-hmm. a place to look to do that. If you wanted to launder money, if you wanted to hire Hitman, if you wanted to talk about an exchange of goods, as in that exchange of goods as a human being, mm-hmm. that is where you would do that. Or drugs. That. That'd... Yep. Yep. So the dark web was actually created by the U.S. government to allow spies to exchange information completely anonymously. U.S. military researchers developed the technology known as TOR, or the Onion Router, in the mid-1990s and released it to the public domain for everyone to use. I bet they don't regret that at all. Oh, no. I'm sure they're very thrilled with what the dark web has (laughs) become today. Um, sarcasm for those yeah. who did not pick that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah sarcasm quotes. <laughs> yeah, you can't always pick up audio. So, but anyways, the reason that they released to the public was so that they could just stay anonymous and it would be harder to distinguish the government's messages between spies if thousands of other people were using the system for lots of different things. Uh, so if anybody else somehow got access to it, then it would they wouldn't know if they were talking to or if they were intercepting the message from a spy or just an everyday person. Right. And honestly, I can see the logic be- behind that. 
right? It's kind of like blending into a crowd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they did not know what they were getting into when they did this. Mm-hmm. Because now, Tour, the Onion Router, hosts more than 30,000 hidden sites. Um, so it's called the Onion Router because it uses the technique of onion routing, making websites anonymous through layers of encryption. So to quote Shrek, onions have layers. <laughs> so there's lots of layers throughout the dark web, so you can't really get to the actual source. And most websites are hosted on the .onion domain. So everyday internet users turn to sites like Reddit or 4chan to ask how they can access the red rooms that I mentioned earlier. There are even tons of stories of people telling their experiences and giving advice to future spectators. It's believed that the Red Room term became popular after the Japanese animation where a pop-up ad kept showing on people's screens on the dark web with questions like, do you like the Red Room? If that oh, viewer... that's, that's creepy. <laughs> yes. Um, and apparently it was not only like a, like a word caption, you would hear like a, like a child toddler-like voice say, do you like the Red Room? Oh, I don't like that at all. Yeah. So it was noted that if one tried to close it, a full-size window would open up with people's names. And those names belonged to people who had accessed the Red Room before and were then found mysteriously dead. Oh. Yeah. But it's also speculated that Red Rooms got their name from the 1983 horror film, uh, Dome. Oh, Videodrome. Oh, Videodrome. Oh, wow. I I (laughs) totally thought that was a German word, but now looking at it, I realize it's a Videodrome. Yeah, uh, I remember we watched that in one of my film classes in college, so that's about. Oh, gosh, it's been so long since I've I've seen it. I could not give a good... I, I, I think the last time I saw it, I was in college, and that is now a long time ago. Okay. Well, all I know about it is that uh, in Videodrome, uh, torture was shown live on TV in a red painted room. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's either that fun. Japanese um, folklore of the Red Room pop-up or it was named after Videodrome. Red Rooms are supposed to be a myth or an urban legend and everyone who hasn't themselves been in a Red Room deep web will tell you so. But Are they just an urban legend? Are they truly the worst content on the internet? So Chris, as you said earlier, the dark web is like the deepest and nastiest place. And I mentioned that it can get deeper and these red rooms are like a, like tell like folk tale type thing, myth. Do you know what red rooms might possibly entail? Now, now that you're getting into it a little bit more, it, it kind of reminds me of, I feel like I've heard some tales on like another podcast where about where like basically someone like stumbles upon this, this like site on the, on the dark web. And it's, it's like, 
they're kind of forced to watch somebody die or, or it's like, or it's something I remember, I think I remember hearing a story and I don't know if it was like supposed to be urban legendy or if it was supposed to be fiction, but it was like, yeah, you couldn't, like, you couldn't just close the, the computer, like, like it wouldn't go away. Like you couldn't just like shut down the program. It, it basically like kind of takes over and like forces you to make these decisions. And then like, it's like, if you don't participate then someone dies or something like that. Kind of, that, that's kind of what it's making me think of. I know I'm explaining this secondhand story very poorly, but um, I, it just sounds like somebody is either gonna get really badly hurt or die. Um, so you are partially correct. It's not so much the forced participation in watching someone get tortured or die, but rather the um, willingness to pay for requests placed upon a person to be tortured and eventually murdered. Oh, so in it'd be like, oh, while like while you've got this victim strapped to a chair, be like, oh, here's here, I'll wire you a thousand dollars if you, you know, I don't know, like stab him in the stomach or something. I don't yep. know. Yep, exactly. Okay, exactly. so this this is even more horrifying than I felt. Exactly. Um, so red rooms can essentially be classified as video portals, but they are also hidden pages in which the viewer can watch a live stream of a torture of a person and participate in such torture by contributing with ideas or requests. Depending on the money that a viewer would pay, they could participate to a greater or less extent. Payment is made by using cryptocurrencies to guarantee the anonymity and avoid all problems. So when um, doing research on Red Rooms, I, I watched a few, not actual Red Rooms myself, but like YouTube videos. Um, one was a video of a man that was like chained to a table and he was just forced to eat the soup while he cried. And these like two people came in like in like big fake humanoid like like, I don't know how to describe it, like you, a, a gigantic mask, I guess kind of like one of those, like a college mascot mask. Oh, I was thing. just gonna say like, like a mascot head. Yes, like a mascot head, but it looked like a person, it wasn't an animal. So these two would come in, they would like comfort this man, like pat him on the back, rub his shoulder, while he's eating the soup, chained to a table, but also crying. I wonder is like, is the soup just something that he's super allergic to? Or is it like poison? You know, like they're forcing him to eat it and he's crying as he's eating because he knows, he knows he's going to die, but he's being forced to finish this bowl of soup. Hmm. Another one was this woman who's like extremely underweight, like, like health alarming thin. And she had like bruises all on her wrists. Like maybe there have been like shackles there. And it's another food one. She's just like binge eating in front of the camera. But she does not look healthy. She doesn't look like she's enjoying it. And also there's all these weird bruising all along of her arms. 
So that's another video that circulated that came from Red Rooms that people are like, who is this person? Is this real? You know, type situation. That's the thing about the, the internet today is that there's so much that can be faked. It's like reality is now getting to be kind of hard to tell. Like a lot of times you'd think that like, oh, I can I can look at a video and I can be like, that's that's clearly fake yeah but then like but now especially with deep fakes with you know some people have had some real great fun with them uh i know there's a great one of the um of queen elizabeth where the where like it starts out like it looks like an official uh video and then like she gets up and does all this crazy like active stuff that the real queen could never do probably mm-hmm, right. and and just and, and, and like it, the whole message behind it was be like oh like don't believe everything you see or something like that right uh, exactly and we'll get into that um so as far as red rooms go it seems like it's a pretty common service and pretty normal and safe given that it is hidden under multiple layers of the onion and that Bitcoin is making it anonymous. However, for those accessing the sites, it requires a lot of effort. If it's a hidden service, um, then those addresses should be more than restricted. And that means like I'm describing them to you as a YouTube premium service. And ironically, that's not the case. Even though you will necessarily need to access the deep web, going through like many tutorials online, certainly you will not need secret deals with the mafia per se, if you're gonna pay for a serial killer. All you have to do is do a quick Google search like this, redroom.onion link, literally just that. And yes, the mysterious illegal and dark red rooms are indexed and available in Google. That's wild, like stuff that that you would think like, um, this should not be available through just the traditional search engine. Uh-huh. And you can just find them. Right. And after doing that search, you'll see tons of pages claiming to offer what I mentioned before, such as like torture, death. Um, I mean, all sorts of things. I don't even want to imagine what's on there. Mm-hmm. Um. But by the way, this is not possible to demonstrate to t- totally because many people who had access to that claim it's just performance, as we mentioned earlier. You don't know what's real and what's not. But every room is basically the same. You pay in ba- bitcoins and you watch a person suffer. So this all sounds creepy. And Chris, you might be wondering why I brought this topic here because it's it's totally off my normal, like murder (laughs) maybe just a little bit i mean it's it's not too far i mean there's definitely murder on in red rooms on the web but it's not my typical true crime case yeah it's a little uh a little more i don't know technology based than our traditional Mm -hmm. crime yeah um So I brought this up just because there's some mysterious uh, questions behind it. First off, 
It is offered to watch live and in high quality um, through Tor. For those of our listeners who know or have enjoyed uh, the safety limitations of Tor, you'll know that it is impossible to watch live high quality streaming video. Due to the restrictions in terms of running JavaScript, Flash, and, um, and other programs, it is absolutely impossible to stream on the dark web. But suppose we skip magically all the technical and security limitations, and we allow the use of Flash and JavaScript to watch it from the Red Room page. Anyone who has navigated using Tor will know that browsing speed is super slow. So it takes between eight and 10 seconds, which means in the best case scenario, a maximum speed uh, would be like 0.15 millibits per second. So it's almost impossible to play videos and that leads to live streaming being impossible. So how are you making these requests to do things to people if your requests are not live and like in good time? Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. If it's, you know, if there's so much of a delay and it's so slow that like by the time you put in you know, a request, you know, like everything would be over. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then secondly, as I mentioned earlier, the payments are made in Bitcoins. The money part is the most interesting because I can't really imagine how the owners of such websites are promoting their marketing if you can find the links on Google and YouTube. Because the idea that Red Rooms move like in a clandestine private way is not complicated. However, you will not find evidence or videos that are um, properly from a Red Room session to confirm their existence. And additionally, if you execute a simple transaction analysis on any Red Room link, you notice there are very few people paying for the service. Many times, no more than two individuals, which means that's not really like a good model in terms of business. Like, yeah, and also it makes me wonder, like, how would someone know that a Red Room is open for business if that's something that they were searching out? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like you got to line, line up like the timing with your audience and stuff like that. So, right. Like you said, if only one or two people are watching, but then that also makes you wonder like, are there that many people constantly searching that like at any given time, there might be one or two people willing to watch one of these red rooms. It's, it's very spooky to think. Yes. That's interesting. However, despite that, you know, we have this Tor um, technology that can't really access these high streaming videos, that Bitcoin can't be like truly anonymous, then also um, these people hosting these Red Rooms aren't really making money because not many people are subscribing or paying to inflict pain on people. There is a real life case that suggests that there might be sites where people can pay and do pay to view disturbing illegal content. And this is a 
Um, it's a case from Australia from a pedophile named Peter Scully. And I just want to give a trigger warning for any of our listeners. This will involve um, child abuse and sexual misconduct. So Peter Scully, the former property developer, would entice impoverished children with money and gifts back to his, to his home in the Philippines. So he's an Australian earlier. He's Australian born, but he lives in the Philippines. So oh, okay. Know. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that's a long journey. <laughs> yeah, he like... was Australian, but he lived in the Philippines. Okay. So once at his home, he would drug the vulnerable children and he made films of him sexually assaulting and torturing them um, for an in- international pedophile ring. Operating a secret child pornography site on the dark web, he sold videos up to $10,000 per view. That is disgusting. It gets like, worse. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awful. In one sickening case, um, Scully attracted um, two girls and he instructed them to dig their own graves, making them feel that they were going to be murdered after their sexual assault. That's, that's horrifying. And like, and I'm, I'm hoping that that means that they didn't actually get murdered. Mm-hmm. No, and- they, those two did not, but I'm going to go into a real quick, Real quick wrap up of a video that I don't really want to talk about, but I feel it needs to be talked about to understand why the possibility of red rooms are a real thing. And that is the video titled Daisy's Destruction. Daisy's Destruction became widely discussed on forums and on Reddit, and is not a snuff film, but features the horrifying abuse and sexual assault of a young girl. It was streamed on so-called hurtcore pedophile sites where pedophiles watch torture and abuse of children and even infants. Yeah, you were right. It does get worse. Uh-huh. This video, Daisy Destruction, showed a baby infant girl being tied upside down by her feet, sexually assaulted, and beaten by Scully and a masked woman. In the series of videos, she is whipped and assaulted with sex toys by Scully and his girlfriend, whom he met when she herself was a child sex worker. According to the Sydney Morning Herald, the footage was so horrific, police called it the Worst we have ever encountered in our years campaigning against child pornography. Reports that the video feature Daisy, which is not her real name, being killed are inaccurate. While human remains were discovered at one of Peter Scully's homes, the girl from the film was never found. That's, and that's so tragic. It's like, Sir, like surely somebody had to have loved this child at some point and exactly like I really don't like the idea of of this poor innocent child being like degraded and murdered and not and yes I agree with you like child but not not 
to like overlook children being attacked, but this is an infant. Yeah. Like I, I hate people so much. <laughs> um, so the video was streamed via a pedophile website, which hosted torture videos called Hurt to the Core. And hold on to your, to your seats because Hurt to the Core boasts 15,000 videos downloads every day. 15,000? Every day of every day being assaulted. Like, I know that there are that, you know, there are bad people in all sorts of different facets of society, but like that many. I know. I was really shocked. I mean, really, the best case scenario is that it's just one person doing it 15,000 times a day. But no, it's 15,000 people doing it either in their mind or physically every day. Yeah. Or it's like, this is their fantasy and this is their way that they get to live it. Right. Knowing that they would probably have consequences if they did it for real. Right. At least I would hope so. Yes. And the worst of the pedophiles that posted on um, Hurtcore are people that actually gained access to a producer's lounge and they actually have studios where they conduct these assaults. I feel like this is exactly where like QAnon stuff stems from because it's Mm -hmm. like, they're like, oh, like this is why like, like producers and like actors and like these high profile people, like they're all intertwined with this because because like somebody out there is and it's like yeah one person is but that doesn't mean that suddenly there's like this massive conspiracy in all of entertainment Mm -hmm. um so peter scully faced a total of 70 charges um and he was alleged to abuse 75 different children it's just so messed up. Yes. So, and in June of 2018, he and his girlfriend, who was masked, but in that video, beating mm-hmm. uh, the poor child, um, were sentenced to life in prison. So, I mean, I guess that's the one silver lining that we have from that story. Also, it's like, if you go to prison and they and the other inmates know that you're a pedophile, I oh, I hear you yeah. don't get like I hear they just mess with you all the time. Yeah, you get shit. Um child killers, child abusers, pedophiles. Um they get the worst, the worst from other inmates, which I Yeah, I don't feel sorry for them. No, I don't. And you know it if it's if it's like, "Oh, well, guess you have to go to solitary confinement to keep you know for your own protection be like yeah you should be segregated from the rest of the population and never allowed to you know interact with other people in a normal way ever again right because because they've done like the most despicable thing that they can possibly do Mm -hmm. and as and by the sheer number of victims you know that if they ever got out, 
if this guy ever got out, he would go right back to doing it because yeah, yeah, he there he had an insatiable hunger for abusing children, and right. like there's no way that that he would ever be satisfied. Exactly. Um. So the reason why I bring up um Scully and his horrific acts is because if someone like him were to operate on just the general dark web. I want to know if that even there's no concrete proof and the fact that like Tor can't do live streaming requests for the Red Rooms. Do you think that maybe Red Rooms could exist and could be hiding in the underbellies of the dark web? where all the monsters run wild? Oh, I definitely think it's possible. Yes, I do too. I think it's definitely possible given that like people can't do live requests and they claim they can. That's the only thing that throws up a red flag in my thinking that they're not real, but like if people already like like I mentioned, Scully are already posting these videos online on the dark web, what's to stop someone from going even further into hiding and posting even more horrific content? Oh, for sure. I know that there is definitely uh kind of almost a trade online of of really horrific footage, you know. I I know there are like, um, like gang murders that are like recorded and then posted online, and you know, the, like the, really like the most horrifying things you can think of, and they're really not even that hard to find if you go looking for them, right? And so the the idea that something like that could exist on the somewhere on the internet it's totally believable to me right i agree and like also for me aside from believing like the dark web exists where people are taken against their will they're tortured they're whatever i that's horrifying i don't even want to think about that um i also question society because as someone who is like a true crime fan and I do I'll see a link about a murder I'll follow it I'll read an article and I'm done I would never like google search like actual murder like video footage you know and in the and the research that I read when looking up Red Rooms in preparation for this episode, like I saw that it's not just people wanting to know what Red Rooms are, but it's wanting to know how to access them. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is the scary thing. To be curious about what it is is one thing, which yeah. is me. But for someone who wants to actually go in and see what it is like in real life, but they're not actual murders. Like they don't want to commit murder. They don't want to inflict pain on people, but they want to see what it is all about. They want to witness it firsthand. 
what does that say about them? You know? I want to say that there is sort of, there's got to be a sort of a curiosity for even like, even things you don't want to know. Like, why would anyone ever like want to see you know like a drug dealer like cutting off a right like uh like a rival gang member's head Mm -hmm. but it's out there and people look it up every day exactly and it's it's almost like i don't know i maybe it's some sort of psychology thing where like confronting like pain and death but like it's on a screen is easier to like is easier to deal with knowing that one day you're going to die I don't know I'm trying to think of this in like a psychological perspective but it's really hard for me yeah I get that and I understand seeing like a quick one-off death but to go into a room and watch someone, like I mentioned, that that bowl of soup guy who was there for days. Oof. Like, why would you do that? Why would you go watch someone just like mm. suffer for days? I don't know. I I question I question our society when it comes to that. Yeah. And I mean, then there also it makes you wonder, like, okay, how many people are just like psychopaths who want mm-hmm. who really do want to see people suffer and in pain yeah i mean i'm sure that there is a certain percentage it's there it's there hopefully it's smaller than bigger yeah i hope it's really tiny um but yeah that uh that's the closure of my red room uh mini sewed it's something i've been interested in a while um i have no desire to research red rooms i don't want to see what happens there but i do want to know if it is in fact a real thing right it is uh it's a very interesting urban legend i would say that it kind of goes it it is like the next evolution of the the legend of like snuff films Mm -hmm, because i i forget who it was but somebody out there what was like if there's an actual snuff film, like show me, I'll like, I like basically like I would, I'll pay you to, to prove to me that there is a real one mm-hmm. and nobody took him off up or nobody took him up on the offer because like, no, like there wasn't a real snuff film out there that anybody, I guess, could find, mm-hmm. you know, Granted, there's footage of real-life murders, but uh, nothing like a, like a planned-out, filmed murder, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's very weird. But yeah, it definitely plays on the same, uh, kind of hits the same notes as the, the legend of the snuff film. Right. Uh, and also makes for a for great um, if you ever I I bet you've probably seen No Sleep 
yes like yes, the website yes, yes. no sleep where where like people post either like horror or just really like scary stories basically mm-hmm. sounds like a prime example uh, or like a prime candidate for some good scary fiction indeed um i'm sure a lot of creepy pasta stuff too oh yeah that'd be good i love a good creepy pasta yes um but anyways so thank you for listening about red rooms uh whether they are real or not i think we were both in agreement that it's high percentage they are real um which is fucking awful yeah terrifying to think <laughs> terrible um for our listeners. I, I think that that uh maybe uh over a year of doing true crime shows that we're we've we've uh researched some really awful terrible people so we we know what human beings are capable of you know just last week we were talking about a whole family from the 1800s yeah that you know committed some really horrible murders and it's like if that could exist then just imagine how much we've evolved since right exactly um so for our listeners um please don't research red rooms one because i don't want you to see that and two i don't want you to be implicated just play it safe um and then if you like what we heard, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Dark and Devious Podcast. Um, we would love a review. We haven't had a review in quite a while. So if you could please leave a review wherever you're listening, we would greatly appreciate that. Um, it would help get our, our, um, our rankings up. It would help us get new listeners. And we definitely give a shout out to you if you leave a review so please do so and um next week tune in for another mini sode it's another um few weeks we're doing back-to-back mini sodes but that's just because leading up to memorial day we have a memorial day special i'm excited to find out what that is going to be it's going to be great uh plus it gives me more time to <laughs> you know finish my move and get settled in get my wi-fi set up yes so i am stoked for that and yeah well if that's all that we have for today thank you for listening and until next time bye bye